Why choose this green church? I came to TGC because I saw a place where I could grow spiritually and I also saw people who were interested in my well-being in general. They weren't actually trying to force this, um, but it kind of made me stay because I could see that it was genuine. Um, TGC make me feel like this is my home. Like I feel old. I feel like I've always wanted a place where I can showcase myself, where I can be discriminated, where I can express how I feel exactly, and that is what CGV is all about. Everything we do is based on the word of God. You don't manipulate it to our own benefit. Like you want things good, and that's what the goal is. That's why I love you. There you have it. You have an the book. Let's, let's understand a bit about the Ephesian church, about the Ephesians you know, themselves, the, their, 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 their economy, their social life, and stuff like that. So, um, the word Ephesus is from, it means desirable. It means, it means desirable, okay? And, um, you know, the Ephesus was a, very, was a very cool place, it was a very good place to live. It was, um, it was like, you know, the center of travel and commerce. It was a major city, okay? Center of travel, it's like saying New York, you know, or Lagos, center of, center of travel and and commerce was a really cool place to be, okay. So it was one of the greatest, you know, that's one of the greatest seaports in the entire world. So in the ancient world, so it meant, you know, where, where, where is the seaport? All right, you know, where is the seaport? You know, it means that travel is, is for travel and commerce. Things come in, things go out. So it was built on, you know, around the major seaports. So it meant the center of travel and of commerce. Okay, so we'll see in Acts 18. Our church, our church began in, um, in Ephesus. Acts 18, 18 28. Acts 18, 18 to 28, how the church began in Ephesus. Let's Paul stayed in Corinth some time. Then he left the brothers sailed for Syria, accompanied by Sela and Aquila. Before he sailed, he had his hair cut off at Senka because of the vow he attained. They are at Ephesus, where Paul left Priscilla and Aquila. He himself went to the synagogue and reasoned with the Jews. When they asked him to spend more time with them, he declined. But he left promise, I will come back if it is God's will. Then he set sail from Ephesus. When he landed at Caesarea, he went up and greeted the church and then went down to Antioch. After spending some time in Antioch, Paul set out from there and traveled from place to place throughout the, re- throughout the region of Galatia and Phrygia, strengthening all the disciples. Meanwhile, a Jew named Apollos, a native of Alexandria, came to Ephesus. He was a learned man with a thorough knowledge of the scriptures. He had been instructed in the way of the Lord, and he spoke with great fervor and taught about Jesus accurately, though he knew only the baptism of John. He began to speak boldly in the synagogue. When when Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they invited him to their home and explained to him the way of God more adequately. When Apollos wanted to go to Achaia, the brothers encouraged him and wrote to the disciples there to welcome him. On arriving, he was a great help to those who by grace had believed. Okay, let's pause there. We'll go to Acts 19. So we see um, Paul left from Corinth to Ephesus and he started missionary work there. As in, he, did mission, he started in the Ephesian church. And we see after they left the place and um, Apollos came. And the Bible says Apollos, you know, taught and argued, even though he only knew, he only knew about, about Jesus at some point. He, he only knew, you know, it, it was not that vast. But it began, you know, his assignment. So this is my point. So some of us think that we have to wait till you know everything before you start, start, start preaching the gospel. You think, you think you have to know, you know the entire thing before you start, okay? But you see, Apollos, he began, then it got better. So, you know, you always say it's easier to move 
a moving vehicle turning as a turn is really vehicle. So when you get moving, it can get better. Yeah, so there's no excuse to say, you know, I'm not good enough yet. When I grow out, no, no. Start right now. As you go on, you get better. Okay. So we see him, you know, was, was teaching not quickly enough, but you know, Ap- Apollos and Aquila and Priscilla spoke to him, you know, everything to get a better cup of scripture. And he continued. And it was of great help to the people there. It was of great help because, why? You know, the desire first, then growth. So it starts with the desire. It is that to be used by God to serve. Okay. As you, as you begin to do it and the way you are, you get better. So don't wait till you are in quote perfect. You might never be perfect, but we are all growing. We are all, all a work in progress. So right now, at your current level now, you can serve God. You can do something for God. Can I, can, can, can I just start sharing what he did for you? How you got saved? How he helped you? How he changed you? Okay? Share your story, what you have been through, and how you came out from it. Okay? So right now where you are, you know, God can use you. Okay? So get involved. So we'll see Acts 19. Acts 19. Acts 19. Paul began the church. Apollos came there, also taught, you know, 19. Yeah. While Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples and asked them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They answered, No, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. So Paul asked, Then what baptism did you receive? John's baptism, they they replied. Paul said, John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. He told the people to believe in the one coming after him. That is, in Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus. When Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. They were about 12 men in all. Paul entered the synagogue and spoke boldly there for three months, arguing persuasively about the kingdom of God. But some of them became obstinate. They refused to believe and publicly maligned the way. So Paul left them. He took the disciples with him and had discussions daily in the lecture hall of Tyrannus. This went on for two years, so that all the Jews and Greeks who lived in the province of Asia heard the word of the Lord. God did extraordinary miracles through Paul, so that even handkerchiefs and aprons that had touched him were taken to the sick, and their illnesses were cured, and the evil spirits left them. Some Jews who went around driving out evil spirits tried to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who were demon-possessed. They would say, In the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, I command you to come out. Seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish chief priest, were doing this. One day, the evil spirits answered them, Jesus I know, and I know about Paul, but who are you? Then the man who had the evil spirits jumped on them and overpowered them all. He gave them such a beating that they ran out of the house naked and bleeding. When this became known to the Jews and Greeks living in Ephesus, they were all seized with fear, and the name of the Lord Jesus was held in high honor. Many of those who believed now came and openly confessed their evil deeds. A number who had practiced sorcery brought their scrolls together and burned them publicly. When they calculated the value of the scrolls, the total came to 50,000 drachmas. In this way, the word of the Lord spread widely and grew in power. After all this had happened, Paul decided to go to Jerusalem, passing through Macedonia and Achaia. After I have been there, he said, I must visit Rome also. He sent two of his helpers, Timothy and Erastus, to Macedonia while he stayed in the province of Asia a little longer. So we see in the Ephesian church, Paul began, he came back again and he made 12 disciples. And with those 12, you know, you know, he taught those 12 and other people also joined. 
for two and a half years, and it began with 12, but covered the entire area of Asia. It began with 12. Taught them, discipled them, and with them took over, took over an, an entire area. So again, we'll see, number one, it makes me notice their devotion, that they were taught for every day for two and a half years. Two and a half years. Every day. And they obviously had work. So they probably would go to work, come back in the evening, sit down that teaching, next morning go to work, you know, for two and a half years. And with that, he covered an entire city. So, you know, uh, it just makes us wonder, the level of zeal they had for the gospel to cover an entire area in two and a half years. So, we get to wonder and ask ourselves, okay, um, what, how far will life cover the gospel? What will life do for the gospel? What will be my impact? What will be the territory I covered? Do you understand? That you can start from 12 and become 200,000 or a million from 12. So, if if, if, if we are 12, in quote, and we're effective, we can do, we can make immense change happen. So it, it, it's, not, it's not about our numbers now. It's about our, our devotion at our level right now. You get where we are right now. How, 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 driven to, how driven are we to the gospel? So if we are with this number and all that, if we are standing solar to the gospel, we can make immense change happen. We can cover Lagos, Nigeria, Africa. You know, we can go as far as, you know, as time allows us, okay, if we give ourselves to scripture, give ourselves to, to commitment, to, to devotion to the gospel, all right? So we see, you know, that this, this particular um, city was a city known for also idol worship. You know, it was not just, it wasn't just, just a, you know, a cool place to go and begin, begin a church, okay, begin a, begin a ministry. It was known heavily for idol worship, okay, but we see that even in the midst of that kind of level of idol worship, the gospel prevailed. That Paul covered an entire city, you know, city not like, like saying, how do I put it now? Because the idols were very bad. You know, their own worship was not just online worship. They would worship from, you know, they would, the idols there, they would sing and then get into a frenzy and commit mad orgies, as it was fully sexual. So the city known for the sexual depravity. It was a mad city. But the gospel prevailed even in the midst of that kind of culture, where to them, sexual sin was worshipped. Do you understand? So if we know that for sure, the gospel can prevail anywhere. Gospel can prevail in any context. So you know, we, sh- we, should not, we should not let our word threaten us. When we see, when we see the sexual content, when we see the, 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 the perversion and all that, it doesn't make us feel as though the gospel will die. No, it won't die. If we don't kill the gospel, it will not die. You get? If we don't, if we don't flop, the gospel will prevail. No matter how bad the place is, the gospel can prevail anywhere. Okay? In, in the, in the, in the, in the gentile, gentile culture in those days, the Corinthians and all that, they were known for sexual, sexual depravity. It was their way of life. So Paul would tell Corinthians and tell them, if you are struggling with, with um, sexual um, arousal, sexual um, passion, marry. He didn't, he didn't just say marry. He said, marry a man. Sorry, man, marry a woman. Why is he saying that? Because they do all sorts. You have to be telling them gender to marry. Do you my point here? You have to specify it. If your body is doing one kind, marry a maiden. Do you get the point here? That's how bad their, their LGBT was. It was for them, it was, it was normal culture. It was so bad that, you know, the man sleeping with a slave boy was not friend. It wasn't even cheating. It was just using your slave boy. It wasn't, your wife doesn't call it cheating. So that's how bad it was, you know. So the gospel still prevailed in that kind of culture. So don't, we, sh- we, should not, we should not get to a point where we are threatened by the world. That, you know, as the world is getting, in quotes, you know, more, more insane, that we need to feel like the gospel is going to, no, no, no. The gospel can prevail in any context, okay? It's about what we do with the gospel. Good. Good. 
Okay. So see, in a way, you see, when you see this, this Artemis, you know, you would think she was one very beautiful god, goddess in quotes. But apparently, she was just one short, robust, short, robust. This, this is not um, um, body shaming. Okay. But she was just, she was not fine. Okay. And she had many breasts to, oh, to signify Diana. fertility. Yeah. Diana, yeah. So when you hear that, you think she was one, you know, uh, this world, you know, kind of, but it wasn't. It was just, she, she was actually not fine. Okay. She was not fine. Awesome. When you, when you hear some, some of the sexual goal, you think it's one sexual figure. Abby? Abby, see just me. <laughs> My friend, it was just, oh. <laughs> right. But, you know, the, the, she was so, she was like, she was, she was a popular figure. She was, their, she was their, their symbol of status there. So much so that the temple there could sit over 24,000 people. 24,000 people in their temple. 24,000 capacity temple. 24,000. Yes, that's how, that's, how, that's, how, that's how big, you know, uh, the worship to our words. They believe that she, f- that she fell from the sky, that the, the statue, whatever, fell from the sky. <laughs> God help them. Okay? So we see also, you know, that, um, let's go to, continue from verse 19, continue from, 19, continue, from um, continue from 23. 23. About that time, there arose a great disturbance about the way. A silversmith named Demetrius, who made silver shrines of Artemis, brought in no little business for the craftsmen. He called them together along with the workmen in related trades and said, Men, you know we receive a good income from this business. And you see and hear how this fellow, Paul, has convinced and led astray large numbers of people here in Ephesus and in practically the whole province of Asia. You see that? That Paul's ministry shook the entire system. It shook their culture and and their business, because it was a bit bit around the worship of of Artemis, you know, so just one person's ministry, Paul, shook it so much, it became a problem. Shook their commerce, shook their their culture, one person's ministry. So, again, it begs the question, what will be my impact on the kingdom? What will I, you know, how far will I, will my impact be so that they talk about me? They're like, okay, who is this guy? What is this guy talking about? You know, proper impact, one person. One person in one person's ministry of the gospel. All right, so he said he had led astray, he had led to them astray, large number of people. He had, was winning, was winning souls, they were winning souls in thousands. Do you get my point here? Such that the entire system began to shake, that they struggled. Because people made money from the worship of Artemis. Awesome, please go on. 27, 27, yeah. There is danger not only that our trade will lose its good name, but also that the temple of the great goddess Artemis will be discredited, and the goddess herself, who is worshipped throughout the province of Asia and the world, will be robbed of her divine majesty. When they heard this, they were furious and began shouting, Great is Artemis of the Ephesians. Soon the whole city was in an uproar. The people seized Gaius and Aristarchus, Paul's traveling companions from Macedonia, and rushed as one man into the theater. Paul wanted to appear before the crowd, but the disciples would not let him. Even some of the officials of the province, friends of Paul, sent him a message begging him not to venture into the theater. The assembly was in confusion. Some were shouting one thing, some another. Most of the people did not even know why they were there. The Jews pushed Alexander to the front, and some of the crowd shouted instructions to him. He motioned for silence in order to make a defense for the people. But when they realized he was a Jew, they all shouted in unison for about two hours, Great is Artemis of the Ephesians. 
The city clerk quieted the crowd and said, Men of Ephesus, doesn't all the world know that the city of Ephesus is the guardian of the temple of the great Artemis and of her image, which fell from heaven? Therefore, since these facts are undeniable, you ought to be quiet and not do anything rash. You have brought these men here, though they have neither robbed temples nor blasphemed our goddess. If then Demetrius and his fellow craftsmen have a grievance against anybody, the courts are open and they are proconsuls. They can press charges. If there is anything further you want to bring up, it must be settled in a legal assembly. As it is, we are in danger of being charged with rioting because of today's events. In that case, we would not be able to account for this commotion since there is no reason for it. After he had said this, he dismissed the assembly. Sit down. That's you know, just one person's ministry changed the culture. It was an entire culture, you know. So, this is the question. As believers, do we feel res responsibility to actually um, influence our culture? Make change happen in your culture. Sometimes like, you're you in a small place, like for example, you're in, you in school. So, you're in, you in, you in an, an, an enclosed culture. It's even easier to change and make, and make change happen right there. Okay, so instead of crying, crying about it, we can actually begin to see how we can, you know, make our cultures, you know, um, more aligned with kingdom values. It doesn't matter what they worship, how long they worship that God or whatever. You know, we can make change happen. All right? Good. So we see the, the efficient church and we see the, you know, the environment in which, in which we began and, and grew. All right. They build up, okay? It's okay, then we get right into, into it. So by the time, by time Paul wrote the book of Ephesians, they have become a very stable church. They have become really, they have become quite sizable and, you know, they've become very stable, very, very organized, you know, why Paul commended them for their faith and love and stuff like that, because they have become a very, you know, stable church. They had, had elders and stuff like that. It was, it was a pretty good church, okay? It was mixed up of Greeks and Jews, you know, in Ephesian society. All right? So by the time Paul now wrote, Paul wrote, no, Paul wrote Ephesians to them, now wrote again a letter to Timothy about the Ephesian church, 1 Timothy 1, you know, where he said, I told you to in Ephesian, in, in Ephesus, to do so and so and so, you know. By that time, by that time again, the way, the, way, the way church works, you know, it's, it's funny. That there are times when, you know, some, past, some churches go forward, and they, they then go backward. So, at, when Paul wrote, wrote Ephesians, they were a very sound church, they were a very good church. But when, when Paul was going to write, write the book of Timothy to Timothy about the Ephesian church that backslidden, okay, they now, they now had issues with several sort of wrong doctrines that, that, that filled up the place. Why Paul told Timothy, stay in Ephesians, in, Eph in Ephesus, to help not to teach wrong doctrines any longer, okay? So, we see um, the progression. We see also later on in 866 that John, Apostle John, was there too for a while. All right? They will now see, we get re re Revelations 2. Revelations 2 1 to 7. Revelations 1 to 7. Jesus Christ talking about the Christian church. Revelations 1 to 7. They started very well. They went back, you know, and this. To the angel of the church in Ephesus, write These are the words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand and walks among the seven golden lampstands. I know your deeds, your hard work, and your perseverance. I know that you cannot tolerate wicked men, that you have tested those who claim to be apostles but are not, and have found them false. So we'll see that Timothy's work showed here, okay? They had corrected their doctrine, they had put some, had, at least reasonably they could separate between good and wrong doctrine, okay, and all that. Please go on. You have persevered and have endured hardships for my name and have not grown weary. Yet, I hold this against you. You have forsaken your first love. Remember the height from which you have fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. If you do not repent, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place. But you have this in your favor. 
you hate the practices of the Nicolaitans, of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give the right to eat from the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. Look at that. So you see their issue, okay? At first, there was sound. A sound church when Paul was there, when, when Paul wrote to them the, the book of Ephesians. By, by the time he wrote Timothy, they had started struggling with false doctrine. Later on, that doctrine became sort of good, right? But they now lost their passion. As Paul said earlier, as Paul, as Daniel said earlier, it's as though people struggle between passion and knowledge. That, you know, this, you know some people have passion, knowledge. Some people have knowledge, no passion. And Christ said to them, says, says you are forgotten your first love. This was, this was not how you were before. So first, as, as, as church, think about yourself also. You know, where am I compared to last year? Where is my zeal compared to when I first got born again? Have I gotten better or am I more chilled? You know, look, at just do your personal review for yourself. Last year or two years ago, now compared to now, are you now much more chilled about things of God? You are less shocked. You know, it's about thing, you know. So it's not shocking you anymore. Is that, is, have you become that? Were you the one that two years ago or one year ago you preached the gospel, give a, 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 a word of knowledge everywhere and all that, but now you're just, you go there, all right. Let's check. It says, if as a church body, we now, you know, first to that point where we have all of us our first love, it says, that church will die, that's the meaning. Church, church will die. Any, any church that goes, that goes, that, that loses its zeal is going to die, is dying. And we'll see that later on, church in Ephesians actually died. Church died in, in second century or so. Church, church died in Ephesians church. So we have to deliberately preserve, preserve your zeal. Romans 12 says, be zealous for God. Maintain your zeal. Keep your spiritual fervor. Keep your zeal. It is yours to maintain. It is yours to keep. Okay? You know, as we grow older, you know, we get jobs, we marry, we have children. It's nice for us to just begin to, begin to, you know, get too busy for things of the gospel. You've got to watch against it. Okay? Maintain your first love. Deliberately preserve your spiritual fervor. Remember the things you did before, did before. How have you were? Then act it out. Even when you don't feel like, don't feel like it, okay? Act like it. You don't feel like preaching, preach. You don't feel like praying, pray. Do what you should do, not what you feel like doing. Okay, so deliberately preserve your first love. So even, you know, even, even amongst us here, the times when it feels like the passion is going, is going up this month, next month down, it should not be so. Deliberately maintain your favor. Be consistent. Don't let things of this world to take you out. The cares of my business, my career, my marriage. No, no, no. You've got to hold, hold, hold first things first. First things first. First things first. You want to blow. You, you blow, yes. When you blow, would you have lost your soul? Would you have lost, lost your, your, real, your, real, your, real, your real passion, your real identity? Would, would, you be, would you blow in emptiness? You now for the money and find, okay, what's, what's all this? You can do both together. You can live for God and success in your career and your business. Okay, so watch, watch your own ask. You know, I've been there before. When in, you know, when I was you know, uh, when I was you know, actively in, in business, actively in business and all that, I got, got to a point where me, I knew my, myself. Shout out as that skin. I'll form for you outside, but in my, in my heart, I knew that. Don't know any. This is not who you are. This is not you should be. And it, it, this trap was for most everybody. As you go in career and, and business, you find that point where even you, you know that this, this is not who I am. You've got to deliberately hold on tight to things that matter. Okay, these things have a way of dropping if you don't hold it tight. Where your mommies are wired, what you don't hold tight will drop. You have deliberately force those things up. Gravity says things go down, except held up by force, bigger than gravity. So the way that's the way we are, we're wired. If you don't deliberately hold up to things that matter, they're, co- they're coming down. It's natural. So if you don't deliberately pray more, you'll pray less. 
don't deliberately witness more. You witness that you stop witnessing at all. Don't, don't deliberately your Bible. You stop. You totally stop. So it's in your it's your it's your job to deliberately hold up things that matter. Put it in your routine. Make it happen by force. Do you understand? Good. All right. So don't be like if you sure that later died. Now later go back up again, but at least they died for a period. Okay. Any any anybody that doesn't deliberately hold up his passion for God is coming down. You know. So you have to deliberately hold up, hold up, hold up things that matter. All right, Ephesians 1. Ephesians 1. Now, yeah, we use NIV, mostly NKJV, okay? Um, people, I, I know people like using any kind of Bible that is, that is sweet. So people quote message, people quote the passion. Why? Because it is sweet, okay? But you want truth, not sweet. Right? You want you want what is true, not, not, what, not, not what is vibish. Okay? So that that that, that it reads interesting doesn't mean it is true. I want to read what Paul said, not what not what is sweet. Or, not, not, not what he's telling him that Paul said. Do you get? So some people there's some Bibles that is just it's the person's own narration. It's the person's own idea of what Paul said. But that's not what Paul said. So I, I don't go about just choosing any Bible because it's sweet. No, no, a message Bible, I don't use it because it's not it's not Bible. It's a book. It's a commentary. And that commentary is the wrong commentary most times. Ah, I'm online. Okay. But it's the truth. Okay? So I don't just, it's not just about something that is sweet. I want what is true. Okay? Passion Bible too. Same WhatsApp group. Okay? Yes. I want what is true, not what sounds good. So, deliberately, don't just show any Bible version. Read about, just read about it. Go online and even do research about, about, the, about the Bible and see what people say about it. They do your own research. Okay? So I use NIV. And NKJV once in a while amplified. Good. So when I'm reading my Bible, I, I open I open three tabs on my on the on the on the Bible app. NIV, two usually. NIV, NKJV. Then if I want something, I want to see you know, if I want to see them play with more words, that you know, I use the amplified. Okay, amplified just tries to blow up the words. Do you get? All, all right. Then I use the concordance. I use um, BibleUp.com. BibleUp.com. You have, you have the app also where I check the Greek words to see what the original Greek means. Because at times when, you know, when, when, when you know, the Bible, the Bible we have in English is not, is not right in English. Paul, Paul wrote in, in Greek, right? And the OT was in Hebrew, right? So, you know, when you interpret a word from Greek to English, you do, you do it to what you understand. You do it with your own bias in mind, with the way you think in mind. So many times, um, even the best Bible versions can have, you know, small either rendering errors or just incom- incom- incomplete rendering. You just feel, something feels off here. What do I do? I go to my MyBibleUp.com and check the Greek, check for the Greek word and see what the Greek word means. Do you get? Is that good? So if you do a proper Bible study, you must do this, okay? Have two versions, NIV, NKJV, and your concordance, okay? And you'll be, you'll be good to go. I like NKJV, NKJV because NKJV sometimes, NKJV is, is, um, is usually when it comes to, when it comes to funny verses, that, that people usually get wrong. You usually get it right. Usually, they get it right. Get it right. Usually. Okay? Awesome. The NKJV is, is more, is, is closer to word for word, word for word rendering than another Bible. Okay? The NIV is meaning for meaning. You get NIV is meaning for meaning. NKJV is word for word. They try, it's not, it's not totally word for word. They try, that's the word. They try to be word for word. Is that good? So I, I, try to, I, like, to, I like to use both so that, you know, there's better, um, Understanding. All right. Ephesians 1. So you see that real Bible study cannot be rushed. Real study, what they all said now, 
can't rush real study. So that's your morning, morning devotion you do. Just quickly read your Bible. Just quickly read clinical, clinical. You didn't study, you, you read. So you must find time every week to do a proper study. It might be your, your evenings or your weekends. You must find time to do a proper, a proper study. You cannot rush Bible study. You can rush and read it too, but you cannot rush Bible study, okay? You have to sit down, have time to check everything out. Someone is smiling. I forgive you. God has forgiven you too. <laughs> All right. Ephesians 1. So it's why also, sorry, I'm just, it's important. See, we are in a busy world. Follow me. And because we don't have time to check everything, if you hear too many, too many preachers, be confused because you don't have time to check. Now, you know you are busy, but only you. Your playlist. Reverend Sam. Selman. Only you. Emmanuel. TB Joshua. Selman. And who again? Pastor Only you. You'll be confused, very confused. You'll be super duper confused. As you're so confused, you'll know nothing. You'll hear a lot, but know nothing. Because we are so hungry. People are so hungry, they go after everything. It's hunger. Actually, it's usually hunger, but again, it's, it's, it's the hunger of a, of a child. You just eat anything you see because you are hungry, you are immature, you're a baby. Yes, you might be tongue-talking and tongue-blasting, doing, doing, giving vision and prophecy, but you are a baby. Okay? The higher you grow in, ministry, in, 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 in Christianity, the, more, the, 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 the lesser things can, let, lesser things get to you, the lesser things hype you. Let, let's have people can even t- can, can really bless because you know you are more selective because you, you, you know the truth. Some people are saying, mm, This thing is not, it sounds good, sure, but it's not, it doesn't just work for me. So people tell me most times, you know, Pastor, uh, my mom sent me, hey, online, Tolu, yes, 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 I don't work like that. Most uh, things said, you know, hear this message, I don't, I don't, I don't work like that. I, I know the people I listen to. It's just safety. It's safety. It's only because we're in a busy world. So the busier you are, the more you must prune your playlist. Prune your place because you don't have time to check every. I've, I've had things where I heard the sound before and I ha omo rema 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 and I have to check it out ha. No, and I don't even want to check because the man sounds so sweet talker. Baba can't talk you to anything as in sweet. It sounded so deep and so real. And now I went to check ha. If I didn't check, some of those things they look so small, but the you can get into full. It looks like it's tiny, but those tiny things can, can actually wound you. As it totally wound you. But they sound very good and convincing. So the less busier you are to check, the more busier, the busier you are, the more you should prune your playlist. Okay? Yeah. You, you don't need to have 10 teachers to understand scripture. Just be serious and read your Bible. Some of us are so lazy. So of course you cannot read the Bible yourself. Now to hear every button. You, will be, you, you are doing yourself. Find time to do your study. Study. Okay? Some people have four pastors that they call daddy. I'm serious. I know some. They, they have folk that they call daddy. So I have someone tell me my, my church, and it's funny. When you told me your church last year, you told me one church. Yeah, you told me. Yeah, you told me redeem. I'm like in my head. I didn't forget what you told me last year. So yeah, your church is that one. Church is also within your house. And like, which, which one is your church? Confusion. And it won't be daddy. All the best, though. Ephesians <laughs> one. Ephesians one. You know, it, let me say it again. So people get me. No, because I see many young people out of hunger do this. And it's sincere hunger. And guess what? They hardly hear what they are you understand? You know, when, when, you, when, you don't, when you don't sound like another pastor that they, that they, think, that they think is more successful, they think you know what you are doing. So they, say they need to compare you with a, probably a bigger pastor, you know, or a more show-offy pastor. 
show up, you know. Yeah, some people like, just follow my language, okay? <sighs> Amen, no. People like that, they don't grow. They look, they look all hyped and, and spiritual, but it's usually pangolo. No, it's true. When you check, when you actually check, zero substance. It's just pang noise. All right, Ephesians 1. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God to the saints in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Okay, please pause. So again, we're doing a verse by verse, okay, so it's going to be like a pause and continue. So it says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God. Okay? So first things first. He was not invalidated by, by what people thought about him. This is who he is, an apostle by the will of God. So it doesn't matter what you say about him. As long as he has his clear, all clear from God, is fine. Okay, so he's not an apostle because somebody called him to be. He's an apostle because he's, you know, by the will of God, the calling of God. So your, 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 your validation, your identity is Christ-based. It's about the will of God over you, not will of man. Okay, man's will can change, right? But God's will is constant, okay? So Paul and Apostle, by the will of God. So it won't be a people pleaser. Like Saul. Saul of old. Actually, it's true. Saul, Paul. Hmm. Okay, so, <laughs> so like Saul of old, okay? That, that will move to whatever people think is, is trendy and fine. Okay, so Paul and Apostle, by the will of God. So, so also it should be that you are, you, 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 your life is to do the will of God. Not what is trending your generation. Not, not what feels good. Okay? But you live by the will of God. Okay? It will help you to be centered. When, when people go left, you don't, you don't just go left because people are going left. You are, you are more in control of, of, your, of your response, of your emotions. Because you know, you're not trying to make people happy about you. You're trying to please God. Of course, we should make, people should be happy. People should, people should, um, should respect us. Should honor us because of the way we live. But we're not living for their, for their applause. You get that approval, okay? This is very, very, especially in the, in the social media world where they can drag you anytime, anytime, anytime. See, okay? If you live to avoid being dragged, you can't do ministry. If you live to avoid being dragged, you cannot do ministry. If you live to, if you live to be clapped for, you'll be in trouble, okay? So you've got to watch out for, for that, okay? Awesome. Galatians 1.10. Galatians 1.10. Galatians. Are we learning, please? Is it good? Yeah. Galatians 1.10. Galatians 1.10. Am I now trying to win the approval of men or of God, or am I trying to please men? If I, if I were still trying to please men, I would not be a servant of you Christ. See that? If I'm trying to please men, I can't be a servant of Christ. I, I can't be a proper minister. If I'm out to make people about, happy about me, I can't do ministry. If, if I try to be, you know, the goody two shoes, I can't do ministry. I'm, I'm, I'm going to say this anymore. So, so he's saying, I'm not trying to win men's approval to please men. My calling, my mission is to, is to, you know, is to live pleasing to God. Say, live for truth, live what is right, not what is um, trendy around us. Okay, so you're so called the believer, a saint. I say this every time because it's important, okay? And the saint there is from Agios. H-A-G-I-O-S. Um, that's Strong's 40. Now, in Strong's, who knows about Strong's? Who knows Strong's here? Strong's. Who doesn't know Strong's? No, it's fine. You're in charge of your family. Thank you. Thank you for sincerity. All right? So Strong's, the concordance, like a dictionary. Okay, you know, and there you have each word as a number. So when we say Strong's 40, it means that uh, that particular word is number 40 in the, in the Strong's, as in the, in the order. Do you get? So when you see, when you see, you know, a interlinear Bible, follow me. 
the way it works is you see the English under, the Greek on top, and the number on it. Help me. Are we online? Bibleup.com. Amen. Bibleup.com. Is he online? Bibleup.com. On the shows, please, because let's, let's just learn this. Bibleup.com. Right, click. About for now. Love so deep, it watches over me. Yeah, go to, relax, it's still open, okay? Go to interlane, 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 yeah, interlane, up, 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 up. Here. You can't, you can't see there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, 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 thank you. Thank you. Now, open, relax. Oh. Now, come here. Come here. Efficiency. Efficiency one. No, no, no. Don't, don't say. Just go to see. There's, there's, there's a kidney up, up. There's a um, drop down up for the Bible verses. Up. Sorry, guys. But this is good. Okay, let, let's just learn this. Keep scrolling. Keep scrolling. It's not after Job. You have to keep scrolling. Efficiency, yeah. Yeah, Ephesians 1 1. 1 1. Thank you. So you can see, are, are, are we here? Are we here? Dominion, well done. You did. Okay, I won't, I won't talk. Okay. <laughs> Ephesians 1 1. So good with kids. Okay, so you can see. Can we, can we see this? So we see the, the English. Can we all see this? Come forward now. Can we zoom it? Thank you. Thank you. Better now? Wearing glasses, you are here in Jesus' name. Okay? So we see the English. All right. We see the Greek. All right. And we see the strong, no, the strong numbers. Good. Scroll up. I want to show. It's not touch screen. Okay. Scroll, <laughs> scroll up. So you can see. No, no. Well, thank you. Um, I'm looking for this. Yeah. So NIV calls. I think it's an, it's an NIV, NIV based or NKJV based. So it calls this saint here. Is what, is what NIV calls holy. Okay. The same word. So it, this, this is important. Okay. So one, one, one version will call it holy, and now will call it saint. But you have to know the Greek word so you can know what we're talking about. So because if you don't know, you're wondering, holy saint. It sounds like they're different things, right? But it's just the way two, two different um, group group of, of translators, you know, interpreted the Greek word agios. So it's one Greek word, but different people, different English. Do you get? Good. So now, click here. Strong's, yeah. So this, this, this is Strong's number. Click it. Yeah. So. Thank you. Great guy. All right, so we we'll see, okay, Ag Agios, pronounced Agios, right? Sacred, holy, set apart by or for God, all right? Let's come down. Okay, it's fine there. Um, so, sir, where is she? Let's read the meanings together. Let's read the meanings. Yeah. Okay, Agios, properly different 
that's unlike other, that is otherness, holy for the believer. Hagios means likeness of the nature with the Lord because different from the world. The fundamental or core meaning of Hagios is different. Thus, a temple in the first century was Hagios, that is holy, because different from other buildings. In the New Testament, Hagios, that is holy, has a technical meaning different from the world because like the Lord. Hagios implies something set apart and therefore different, distinguished, or distinct. That is other because special to the Lord. Look at that. So it just simply means set apart from the world to set apart from the world, set apart to the Lord. Different from the world in nature, same in nature like the Lord. You get so the believer is called holy, called a saint. First as a dash, as in a free gift of, of, of righteousness, okay? So we are, we are declared holy, like the temple. Now the temple, you know, no matter, no matter what um, um, you do to it, right, God already declared the temple holy. So by, the, by, by God's declaration, the temple is holy. The old temple, the old, the old temple. So also, we are first declared holy, declared saints, even before we do anything about it. So, so right now, you are a saint. You are holy, you are hagios. So, it is not what the Catholic Church will, will infer on you. It's not to become when you die. Okay, now call the person that's too late. So, you are a saint right now because you belong to the Lord. So, you are a saint first by declaration, by God's free gift, and you can begin to act like it. So, we'll say, we are, so we do. Amen. So we are only to live only. The temple was first declared only before they began to do worship inside of it. So first a declaration of God, then the act of men. Only only people can live out God's kind of holiness. Are we following me? Bola, did you get what I just said now? Please look at my face. Alright? Awesome. So we'll see as, as, you, as, you, as you concordance. That's an app also. You can do this with, okay? An Android app or stuff like that. Alright. Android app. No, it's an app. It's an app too. Awesome. Let's go to chance 3, 6, 6, 17. Let's go to chance 3, 6, 17. So you are holy right now. That's good news. So if you are born again, you are holy. You will not become holy tomorrow. You are holy now. Do you get this? Amen. Hey, follow me. Bola, you are holy now, not tomorrow morning. You are holy now. You will be holy tomorrow. You are holy now. Amen. You are right now sanctified. You are a saint now. Daniela, you are sanctified now, not tomorrow morning. You are a saint right now. The day you got born again, that's that, that, that day you became sainted. How do you guys call it? Crafty people. How do you people call it? <laughs> that's the day you became sanctified. Thank you. <laughs> you get my point here? You are holy now. So you can begin to live out holiness now. So it means to now, you know, to now, to now begin to, to act on holy is beneath your nature. It's, 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 not, it's not longer who you are. Because you are holy. You are special to God now. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Yeah. Let's chapter 3. 16 and 17. Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit lives Look in you? This. Don't forget that in, 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 the, in the Greek, we just saw, compared, he compared it to the temple. And the temple was called holy. 
right? And he said, don't you know that you are God's temple? You are God's temple. You are God's house. God's spirit lives in you. So the way people revere the temple, you know, is the way also to revere our bodies as God's temple. Not the way they go to the temple. Then it was so bad that, so bad that, you know, in their law, that you, you cannot go and live with period. It was that, you know, I'm not saying that is good, but that, that's how, that's how much reverence that for the temple. Now, it was also even, even much more interesting that if, if the, the priest, high priest, goes into the, goes into the holies of holies, they will tie a rope on his leg. So that, you know, because if he goes and, and he goes in with sin, he will die. So they tie a rope to his leg so that if, 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 they, if they pull his leg and he doesn't answer, they will have to pull him out because he's dead. They have to pull him out with the rope. Now, they could not go in and break him out. So they will die. Yes. So they have to use the rope to pull him out. That's how sacred, revered, the temple of God is. And now you are that temple. Now, do you see the risk in fornicating your body? You see, you see now, the, this, this is now the risk of so, so, someone to molest you. The person can die. No, the person can actually die. The person can die. The person can actually die. That is how sacred you are to God. Now, when you, when, when you know this, you, be, you become formidable. So tell the person, you want to die. Now, and, and, no, no, it's, it's not begging. It's not, it's not begging. Do you plan to die now? You know, so, someone touched, touched the Ark of, Ark of God and the person died. He was trying to help, oh. Try to help. He touched and died. So, when you begin to know who you are, when you begin to understand who you are, you understand you are formidable, you are protected. They can die. Do you get my point here? When you know who you are, you walk, you walk, you walk, you walk, you don't, you don't walk in fear no more. You have become a rujeje. You are a jaya. You are God's house. You are God's temple. You are God's temple. God lives in you. When you know this, fear dies. See, you know how the Babalaos is Shakara Babalaos. They say, shoot, no enter. Abi? But you see believers afraid of gunshots. You are God's house. You are God's temple. You are God's house. When you know you are, Fear dies in you. When you know they can't kill you now. They can't kill you now. You walk without fear. So all this, anybody, anybody can die at any time. It's, not, it's beneath you. Anybody, anybody live at any time. What, what kind of nonsense talk is that? How God's temple just, uh, just like that? Uh, tomorrow, is not, tomorrow is not guaranteed. Clinical, clinical. Tomorrow is not. That's nonsense. That's beneath you. Your tomorrow is as sure as God's word. You know Christ? He said, they don't, they don't take my life. I lay it down. They, they didn't take it to, I laid it down. You know, before then, try many times to kill him. And what to do? To just walk around them. Maybe, I think he disappeared, you know. Maybe just, they, they, not, they could not hold him. They were planning to kill him. He would just go from within them. They don't see him again. I don't know how he did it. But they could not kill him until he laid down his life. You know, they came to him. And they said, we're looking for Kenny Kenny Kenny. And he said, I am he. And he fell down. Power. I am he, and he fell down. Meaning that they can't catch me. He says, don't catch me. Because ordinarily, I am he on the, on the floor. So that, that, that's when I, when I, I, walk, I walk on the road thinking, just my this in my head. That what if someone comes to attack from the back? Because you know, when you live in Lagos, you have to think that way. <laughs> I, I tell myself, I remember I am he, they fell down. We'll blame the anointing. 
You've got to know you are in Christ. You can't go about walking in fear in Lagos. A child of God. You are God's house. You are God's temple. Go on, 17. Seventeen. Someone will now say, but they killed Paul. But they, didn't, they didn't kill John. John was, John was put in hot oil. The oil is meant to fry his body. It's meant to leave just bones there. But the guy came out of hot oil. Came out of hot oil. It was meant to fry all of them and just leave bones. So to you, according to your faith. All right? Seventeen. If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him. For God's temple is sacred, and you are that temple. You see that. If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him. And you are that temple. You are holy, belonging to the Lord. But this is the issue. Even us, don't think our bodies as holy. Some people just do their bodies anyhow. You know, eat anyhow. Drink, believe out anyhow. Talk anyhow. Touch anyhow. So even you, you have tapped with God's temple. Do you understand? It means that that person does not know what it means to be God's house, God's temple. So carry yourself with reverence, with dignity. Not just any man, any woman. <sighs> dignity. You know, growing up in Christ. I, I see my neighbors then talking about, you know, some guy is talking about a cheap for all, a free for all girl. I'm like, are you okay? You, you say someone is free for all, but you want to go there also. Where is your privacy? Where is your dignity? You're a child of God. Put, put a premium on your body. You are God's temple. Not just any man can toast you because he's told that can have someone so. Is, is he also God's house? Does, does, he, does, does he revere God? Uh, tech bro. Does he, does, does, does he, does he re- reverence God? 1 Corinthians 6, 19-20. Let's go. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price, therefore honor God with your body. See that? He says, is that my phone? Okay. (laughs) So he says, don't you know? That your body, you know, is God's temple, is God's house. And you are not your own. Your body is not your body. Apple say, is my body my choice, my will? No. Your body is not your body. It says you were bought at a price. You signed the agreement. You said yes to Jesus. So when you said yes, you bought your body. Christ bought your body. Amen. He bought it. He owns you. Owns your body. So, when you know you are not your own, and, and, and that you know, God's body should be honored and treasured. It also means that nobody can also arm God's body. Do you understand? Do you get this? I, I need to, 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 to go out with, without fear. In a world of oppression, a world of molestation and all that, that you go about knowing I'm, I'm a I'm man in Christ, a woman in Christ, I'm protected, my body's God's house, I'm defended. I'm, I'm not going about trying, trying to avoid being a victim. No, I am God's house. I'm God's house. God defends his house. God protects his house. Amen. Awesome. So you are holy. You are God's special possession. First Peter 2 9. First Peter 2 9. First Peter 2 9. First Peter 2 9. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, 
a people belonging to God. Go on. Him who called you out of darkness into his wondrous light. Look at that. Once. Yeah. He says, you know, you are a chosen people. Not chosen. Not chosen. Okay, you're a chosen people. <laughs> you're a royal priesthood. You're a royal priesthood. He says you are a holy nation. You are God's special possession. Okay? So, again, it's just the old meaning of agaios. That you are special belonging to the Lord. You are unlike the world. You belong to the Lord. You are royalty. Amen. So don't, don't just do anyhow. Talk anyhow. Marry anyhow. No, you are royalty. You have a speck. Glory to Jesus. Alright. Verse 3 says, Ephesians 3. Ephesians 1, verse 3. Ephesians 1, 3. Are you following me, please? Ephesians 1, 3. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing, blessing in Christ. Christ. Now, you see, it didn't say who will bless us. What did it say? Who has past tense? So the day God said, You're also blessed. Now, it was not small blessing. You are blessed with everything that is in Christ. So, all that is in Christ is available to you now. So, it's not who will bless us, it is who has blessed us. So you are not praying, God bless me, bless me, bless me, bless me, bless me, bless me. No, no, no. You are blessed already in Christ. You are not begging for blessing. You are not fasting for blessing. You are blessed in Christ. So the day God says you were blessed, that day you were healed, okay, you were delivered, you were set free. It happened, it's all what happened in the past. It's all past tense to you. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. So what, what, what do we do now? We just we lamban, we lay hold of things already ours in Christ. See that? So, he gave us everything. He didn't give us some, some things and say, you know, as you grow up in Christ, you take more goodness. No, no. He blessed you with everything when you got saved. Why? He gave you his spirit. The spirit came to you fully loaded. Full, he didn't come with smoke, with, you know, after conflict, you know, full spirit. He came to you fully loaded. All of Christ, all of God is in you now. Whatever is available to Christ is available to you right now, not tomorrow. It is not what you will be to who you are right now. So, you are blessed in Christ already. Amen. So, it, it means that, what is what it means? You're no longer begging for it. Because it has already given you. All those, um, look, God, have mercy. Mercy, 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 mercy me, mercy. No, no, no. no, 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 no. You are already blessed. Now, it's, it's not being mad for you to beg for what you already have. But people do it. Pray as though you are begging God. God, please now heal me. What are you doing? He has healed you. God, please now. You know, God, God, if it's your will, you will set me free. Ha! He has set you free. You had, he has done everything in the past. Then you got born again. Everything that you account. Not tomorrow, now. So you don't pray as though you are begging. You pray lambano type of prayers. Lay old. You, you are decreeing what's already yours. So it's not as though, it's not as though God can say yes or no. No, you already said yes in Christ. Someone says, if you go school, I'll, I'll pass my exams. Are you okay? His will, his will is clear. Okay? So we're not praying, we're not praying, wondering what is God's will. His will is clear in scripture. Do you understand? So you don't pray begging kind of prayers. If God wills, I'll be healed. That's past tense. No, no, it's not, it's not about God's will. God wills, God already wills. Okay? Awesome. I see people do it a lot. All this, if it's God's will, I'm like, you know, if it's God's will. 
you should know God's will. Okay, get my point. That's the point. Know God's will. So you are praying from, from, from knowledge. Glory to God. So, even spiritual gifts, some people pray for gifts as, as they are begging for spiritual gifts. You're not begging God to give you, He has given you everything in Christ already. You're not, you're not praying to, to get God to give you. You are lambanoing, it's different. Now, to lay out what is yours is different from begging for it. It means it is yours. You are learning how to use it. You are, you are, you are, you are, de- you are demanding its, um, its active operation through you. Not to say, it's, it's, no it's, no it's no longer really about God giving you. It's about you staying on what you already have. So it's now more dependent on you than on God. So that makes you responsible for, for what happens in your life. So when you say God did not heal me, it's not God that has already healed you. Do you understand? So it's not, the, it's not the thing about what, what God is not, it's about what have I done with what God has done. Now sometimes it feels a little harsh. When people tell me, um, kiniko, kiniko, I've been sick for someone, so, so, so I'm, 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 I've not been healed, because kiniko, kiniko, and I'm like, the Bible says you have been healed. So, it's no longer God's fault what happens to you. Difficult truth, but truth. Alright? So it's now between you and laying old Amen. So, healing is yours. Wisdom is yours. Revelation is yours. You're not begging God to give you. Mercy is yours already. Some people say, you know, you have someone who have mercy on. That's what I'm saying that God will have someone who have mercy on. You are already the, you are the, the one that he has mercy on. You are in his mercy. It's not, it's not like a probability that you know, some people do God as though God is chance. That he can share up and share, you have mercy on me. No, no, no. He already had mercy on. You are in his mercy. You are in his mercy. You will not be, you are in his mercy now. It is not who you will be, it is who you are right now. So you want to get into your head, okay? I'm in his mercy. I'm not begging for mercy anymore. I have found his mercy. So it changes how you pray. You pray prayers with declaration, not begging. Not begging. You think so, so when, when they beg God, you know, it feels, it feels pious, it feels cool. We are praying nonsense prayer. Nonsense. That God, please. You see how Christ prayed? Declarations. That's how it's come out. Tabitha, right. Get up from the, take, take your bed and walk. Not, 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 not them involved, God, please raise him up. There was no God, please wake him up from the dead. Never did. It was, get up, walk, rise, be healed, eyes open. Not involved, God, please do it. Someone will pray thinking, God, please now. You are praying nonsense prayer. It might sound good to your emotions, but it's nonsense. So, the more you grow, the more those prayers feel like, oh, she also. As you grow, the prayer is like, ah, this is what I'm saying, it sounds good, it's trash. That's why you can feel good in your mind. This is Oshisha, but you know it sounds good. Amen. At times when you are in a very bad state, very, very bad, nothing. But even you know that that prayer I pray, Shah, I don't pass this, I don't pass this level. I don't pass this thing. You know, Abby? Uh, we all know. Like God, I beg now. But like, yeah. <laughs> All righty. Okay, so we should grow beyond this, okay? April 4, April 4, 16. 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 Let, right. us, yeah. let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and grace to help us in our time of need. So when I get you, says, approach the throne of grace with boldness. Boldness. Not going to God and say, God, please now, is boldness. Knowing that his word is sure. 
His word is sure. Now, he didn't say to go and beg for mercy. No. He says to receive, receive there is to lambano mercy. Lambano there means to take hold what was already yours. So you are taking hold of something that's already your own. You're not going to go and beg for mercy. The mercy is already in your account. Do you understand? So you are making, you are making a withdrawal, not, not a plea. Imagine going to your bank and telling the bank, please, now give my money. Or telling the ATM, please, now, if, if it's your will, ATM, give me 5K. If it's your will. If, if it's your will. But you have money in the account. What do you do? You put your machine there, you, your ATM, you press, you press click on, and you, you know money will come out. I know, I know Nigerian is here, Michelle, but you get my point. You know <laughs> money should come out. That's why you should go approaching God for stuff. Not approaching God, approaching life. Deal with life's issues. Don't go to beg. You go to Lambano, taking hold of things already yours. Amen. Yeah. Awesome. So you approach life with boldness, with confidence. Because why? God cannot fail. Listen. Awesome. So all these begging things should stop. Sons, ah, in sonship, eh, it's not begging. Don't forget the prodigal son. When the elderly one was crying and said, my, my brother came back, you could tell from what did the father say? Okay, everything is yours. Help yourself now. Do you get everything? All things are yours. So, so, so don't, don't, don't talk about making, doing a party for you. So that, so that, that is for, for prodigal children, for children, for babies. But as you, as you grow up in sonship, you know, you stop begging. You go about and just kill a cow and eat. If you are hungry, kill and eat. Do you understand? All things are yours. Stop crying, God did not do. It says, all things are yours. Move to the room. Take what's yours and just, just, just live large. Enjoy. Go feel free. Go at home. Glory to God. So, whatever is in Christ is available in you and to you. Your, your being in Christ makes this possible. Okay? Every spiritual blessing in the realms is available in you and to you. There's nothing withheld from you in Christ. There's nothing held back from you in Christ. There's nothing held back from you in Christ. There's nothing. He, won't, he cannot tell you no. There's no no there. Okay? All the principles in Christ are yes. And the amen is spoken through us. So everything is already yes. There's no, it's not yes or no. It's yes. It's yes. We just say amen. We just, we just, we just agree. We just say amen to it. Okay? It's a yes, not yes and no. When you say, when you want healing, it's not yes or no. It's yes. The yes is past tense. So there's a, see, Check, check your spiritual life right now. We will see a continuous yes from the cross, the, the resurrection to forever. There's a yes over your life. There's a yes over your life. Will you succeed? Yes. Will you live free? Yes. Will you be healed? Yes. Is it free from sin? Yes. Are his knees met? Yes. Will you heal the sick? Yes. Raise the dead? Yes. There's a yes over your life. There's an ever-ringing yes over your life. There's no, there's no yes and there's no no deal. There's no no. There's a yes over your life. When you know this, you know that you, you stop blaming God for your issues because you know he has already said the yes. So it's not between you and the issue. They must make it about that yes. No, you must enforce the yes over your life. What people do? People wait, wait for God to move. God will do nothing. That's the sad part or the good part. He will do nothing. So people can be there crying and God is like, Dude, use. So this story about Kenneth Hagin and the, the demon that came when he was talking to Jesus Christ. And the demon came and was talking and making noise. And God, Jesus Christ did nothing. He kept on talking. He was talking. And he was wondering, Baba, there's a demon here. This guy is continuing talking. He didn't do anything. On the, on the Kenneth Hagin said, out! And he just clicked and ran away. 
Now as Christ, Jesus, why didn't you do anything about it? Like, Saint George Christ said, I could not do anything about it. I could not. Not I would not. I could do nothing about it. I could not. Not would not do. I could do nothing if you don't do anything. Not I will not. I cannot. Someone is thinking about it. I cannot. So when you cry and say, why am I not healed? God is saying, oh God, if you don't move, I cannot move. Do you understand? Some people are not happy about it, but that's the way it is. Last, uh, I said this on my, on my timeline, my status last. Last week, I had this very terrible, terrible pain in my eyes, you know. And it's stress plus laptop time, phone time. So it was so heavy, I had to put off the lights and just close my eyes. And I was sitting there telling myself, it's stress now, it's laptop lights now. And no God just told me, oh God, you, if you don't, so you wear glasses. Where you are going, you wear glasses. That, that is the devil works. Gives you a small, small issue. Now, in your mind, now I accept the problem. Ah, you wear glasses. <laughs> so I, I said, oh, totally true. Ah, we pass out to wear glasses. Ah, <laughs> I don't want this one. <laughs> it's not good though. So I just prayed. And it seemed less, instantly, as in less then. And that's the end of it. If I accepted that thing, I wear glasses. So nothing moves until you move. Nothing moves until you move. Nothing moves until you move. God will do nothing except you do something about it. Glory to God. So he, he said, he, he didn't say, he, <sighs> we'll come back there. Alright? Are we good? Verse 4. Time. Wow. Alright. Verse 4. Are we learning too? Good? Learning? Me too. Good? Verse 4. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us to be adopted as his sons through Christ Jesus in accordance with his pleasure and will. Look at that. So, so please hold on. Now, people, some people read it and say that God predestines some to be saved and some others to not be saved. Have that before? Have that before? That some are called to be saved, some are called to go to hell and that kind of stuff. But it's not, it's not, it's not true. Okay, now it says we are predestined in Christ. So the predestination is not, is not, is not one, two, three. Is that all of us will be in Christ? So the, the, the calling there, the predestination is not, is not to choose us. It's to choose us in Christ. This is the point. The point is the, is the in Christ. That it is, it is through Christ that will be chosen. You understand? So the will and pleasure there is the in Christ. It's not saying you, you will be saved, you will not be saved. No. It is that, we will all, that, that Christ will be the way. You get that. Good. Good. So he says that he chose us to be holy and less less in the sight. So we have, you know, it's again, is the in Christ thing there. That is, is that is in Christ that will become holy and blameless. The in Christ factor. So to show you everything you ever be about the in Christ. In Christ. In Christ. Blessed in Christ. Healed in Christ. Loved in Christ. Graced in Christ. Blameless in Christ. So about the in Christ fact of the believer. Alright, go on. To the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that yes. he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. Please pause. So he says in him we have redemption through his blood. Forgiveness of sins. Forgiveness of sins. Okay, I'm, I'm going to come back there. The redemption. Now, redemption there is not just, you know, it means to buy back. To buy back from someone. To buy, to buy back something from someone. 
okay, to buy back what was just but lost. So to, and it, it, it also shows, the word shows how far, how far what was bought taken from what it was before. Did you get that? The word there, the, we don't even read the Greek meaning. The word emphasizes how far the gap between what, what, what was before and what is now. The gap between what you were and who you are now. So he didn't just buy you back with a the, with the close proximity. He bought you back and took you far from the issue. Do you understand this? So he, he brought you back from sin and took you very far from sin. Brought back from, from sickness and took you very far. So it's why, it's why the, we have the, the far both parts down the line, okay? That we have been taken far, far from the issue. Far from things that, that previously held you back. By being redeemed, you're taken very far from the issue that, 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 that plagued you before now. Do you understand? So being it's not, it's not just it's not just small, it's not casual. You are taking very far from the problem. Do we get that? All right. So he says, redeemed his blood, you know, forgets our sin. Now, at first is there, it's not, it's not just I forgive you. It means it's as though you never committed any sin. It's total, it's to totally blot out and forget the sin. As in the record is totally is totally wiped clean. It's as though you never did any wrong. Why is any man because any creation? Because it's a total, you know, total, 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 total um, cleansing. So, so that it's as though you have no record of wrong. So it, it didn't just forgive you. It gave you a totally brand new slate, clean slate. So you can before God, knowing you are holy and blameless. You have no record of wrong before Him. He gave you a clean slate. So your past is gone. Before Christ, your past is dead. It doesn't exist. Do you understand this? So look for God, I'm, I'm thinking, but I sinned last year. It's gone. I did that, I did that two days ago. It's gone. It gives you a brand new So you can stand before him with assurance knowing you are forgiven. Glory to God. Is that good? We still have more time, five minutes. Okay. Okay. Um Hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, verse 7 again. Verse 7 again. 7. Amen. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. It says, riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. So I said this last, last week. That God's grace is not sprinkled. God's grace on us is lavished. His grace won't run out on you. It won't finish. It, it's not in trickles. It's lavished on us. Lavished there means, you know, it abounds. It, it is it is you grace. As in, it's, not, it's, it's, it's over abounds. Beyond the need. Okay, so God's grace on you. You know, it's not, not, not just about the need. Grace goes beyond your need is lavish, it's abundant, it's ever flowing, limitless, it won't run out. You won't you get to a point where God has finished over your life, that grace has finished. No, it will never finish on you. It's grace over you, it's lavish, it's poured out on you endlessly. So you can live knowing that you know you are fully supplied. There's grace for every issue, there's grace for every new day. Glory to God. God's grace over you won't end. It won't finish. It won't end. It won't finish. It won't run out. Okay? It won't, it's lavish. Lavish, the, the word there is, is perisio. 
It means to be over and above, to abound, to exceed the need, to have an overflow. Okay? An abundance, a surplus. Over and beyond, to surpass. So God's grace over you is rich, is lavish, is forever. It won't end, it won't stop. Glory to God. Can we just rise? Let's give him thanks for his grace. Thank you for his grace. Thank you for his grace. That will not stop. That is limitless. That is overflowing. I can't hear us pray, you know. Ha. That is not sprinkled. That abounds. Just have this, have, this, have this picture in your head. Imagine this picture. Imagine you've been in a waterfall that won't, just, that won't just stop flowing. That's God's grace over your life. Imagine being in a waterfall that just, that just keeps flowing in, you know, every torrent. That, that's how lavishly helped you are. Thank you for his grace over you. That will not run out. That meets every need. His grace over you in your academics in your career, in your ministry, to give you hope through life, to give you joy where there is a lack. It won't run out. Grace won't run out. Grace means the help of God. The help of God. It won't run out. It won't finish over you. It's lavish. It's lavish. So you are lavishly helped. You are fully supplied. Oh, you are bound in grace. You are bound in the help of God. This, this is who you are. This is your reality. That you are bound. That you are bound. That you are bound. You are bound. You are bound in the help of God. Yeah. You are bound in the help of God. You are bound in the help of God. You are bound in the help of God. You are fully supplied. Fully supplied. Lavishly helped of God. You have his grace in abundance, boundless, limitless, overflowing. It will stop flowing over you. You are by God marvelously helped. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Because you made us holy, you redeemed us. You redeemed us. You blessed us. You fully supplied us with all we need. Thank you for your grace that will not run out. Oh, that's so we can walk all day knowing that we are fully helped of God. That we have his full backing. That we have his yes over our lives forever. Oh, thank you, Lord. Is anybody here right now watching online? You want to come into this grace of God. You want to come into the blessed life. You want to have a brand new, a, a brand new slate. You want, you, want, you want to receive God's forgiveness. You are tired of where you have been. The issues, the sickness, the, 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 um, the pains of life. You just want the help of God over you. It's, it's pretty easy. So come to the blessed life. Christ died for your sins. In dying, he paid the price for your redemption. Since we have been redeemed by his blood. So in dying, by, by shedding his blood, he paid for your redemption. He paid for it. He didn't only die, he was buried. 
and you rose again and in doing that he gave you a brand new life so all you do to get saved is to believe that when he died he died for you also that he paid the price for your sin and it was, and it was buried also, also buried with him and, and, and as was again you know you also rose again with him to a brand new life so say after me lord jesus lord jesus lord jesus you are here online or you are here watching online i come before you today a sinner i believe that you died for me and when you died you paid for my sins you paid the price for my redemption you were buried but you didn't stay there you rose again and in doing that you gave me a brand new life lord today i received this offer of a brand new life today i am forgiven today i am born again today i declare you as the lord of my life in jesus name you said that prayer you are born again so help us to help us to help you understand this journey to take you through to help you to help you know you just did and to help you to grow in this thing so just send us a mail to info at info at thisbridgechurch.org are we blessed amen hallelujah hallelujah hey hope you were blessed by the sermon feel free to visit our website www.thisgreenchurch.org for more info god bless you